0: As you click. another fantastic brand guest today. As I'm joined by Kale Osby, Director of E-commerce at Wichita Furniture, we're going to be exploring how Wichita go about creating a great customer experience, not just online but also online to offline and vice versa. We're also going to touch on the process they go through when selecting new software providers and agencies. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do give it a rating on iTunes. It really helps get in front of more people, and any feedback is definitely welcome. Let's get Kale on now to explain why customer experience has been crucial to Wichita's growth. Hi, Kale. Thanks for joining me today. Would you mind just give us a bit of an introduction to yourself, a bit of your background and how you've got to where you are today?
1: Yeah, my name is Kale Osby. I'm the director of e-commerce for Wichita Furniture Inc. in Wichita, Kansas. I've been in the e-commerce space for about five years now. Previously ran e-commerce for a company called KMS. We were primarily marketplace sellers, also had our own website and did a little bit of wholesale business to business as well. So my new focus now is trying to build the web business for a smaller local company in the Wichita area.
0: Cool. Well, so yeah, I, I suppose this is gonna be a more interesting question if you're if you're building out that e-commerce presence now rather than it being that established. So how do you get customers clicking?
1: So the furniture industry, as I'm learning, is a much more prolonged buying experience for the customer. It's the third biggest purchase you're gonna make behind a house and a car. So customers are doing a lot more research, a lot more comparative shopping. They're not is apt to make those impulse buys, just throw something in the cart and check out. So we really are focused on that re-engagement. We want customers keeping us top of mind. So finding ways to capture email addresses, phone numbers, making sure that we're showing up in Google remarketing, display ads, Facebook, all of that kind of stuff. And so we're not necessarily looking for that one click. We're looking for a lot of them before we finally end up getting that sale.
0: Yeah. Yeah exactly I've, I've been in kind of similar spaces like home furnishings and and just other kind of big purchases which need consideration and and yeah it's interesting the conversations i have because people are worried about low conversion rates and it's like well yeah okay the conversion rate on the website looks low but you've got these people coming back again and again doing this research like having another browse, then they head off and then they come back again like it's just yeah it's it's not it, it's not the same as if you were selling you know, 50 pound jewelry or something Mm -hmm. where someone should probably be able to make a decision on the spot.
1: Um, Yeah. And we, we have the, uh, the other disadvantage, I guess, from a website that we're primarily a brick and mortar company too. So our conversion rate is probably exceptionally low compared to other people in our space, because a lot of customers are coming to the website to look around before they go into the store to eventually buy
0: okay yeah that makes sense do you have any do you have any kind of web experience to give you an indication of that so is there a well obviously obviously you've got i'm sure you've got store locations on your website but do you push anyone down the kind of click and collect or schedule an appointment or anything like that sort of
1: route we do yeah our our site took off a lot during COVID, obviously because we had to shut the stores down so one of our big focuses was our live chat a lot of customers really really cared about that because they couldn't talk to somebody in the store. We noticed live chat has died off a lot lately as things have kind of returned to normal here in Kansas. But the live chats that we still get, I would say the, the vast majority of those customers are asking questions and then eventually it ends with, okay, I think I need to go into the store to take a look. And so What I'm really focused on right now is kind of trying to create that omni-channel experience where it's a a seamless handoff from the customer's perspective, from the website to the store. And because we own both of the Ashley stores in town, we're able to refer Wichita Furniture customers to Ashley as well. And so that's a surprise for some of them because they don't necessarily know that we're all affiliated we're all the same business so it it does help we have the ability to see what we have in stock in the store available for display all that kind of stuff so it's easy for us to to move them over there
0: yeah i suppose there's there's pros and cons to having a, a store as well isn't there you've got yeah the, the the pro side is if you get someone in store having having been on the website you've probably got a really good chance of converting them the downside is you've probably got to do so much more work on the website to get them to buy on the website. Otherwise, they might just say, I'm kind of there, but yeah, maybe I should go in store and check it out. And then you've got that risk of, do they actually make it in store? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And so the the easiest way for us to keep track of that that we found is usually we'll we'll try and get the customer's information if they'll give it to us. And then we send it over to the store manager and have the store managers reach out directly. So we have a lot of marketing tools that we use in the store, Podium primarily, to be able to SMS, text customers directly. And so that's our best way of setting up those appointments and getting them in, you know, that doesn't necessarily always work either. And then we run into the situation where customers like, okay, maybe, uh, maybe I don't feel like driving all the way into the store and Wayfair is an easier website to use. So I'm just going to buy it there. So yeah, yeah, it does get tricky. It's, it's
0: always problems. on So what what's the, what's the big focus right now? Well, so what's the what's the big opportunity that you're seeing?
1: My big focus right now is getting the site as usable as possible. We're kind of forced by our ERP to use Not Commerce instead of something that's a little more user friendly like Shopify. So we have to go through our ERP to do a lot of that backend development work, and then we can we can do a little bit in house as well. But kind of slows things down. Doesn't allow us to integrate some of these third party shipping partners and uh, other you know marketing resources and some of that kind of stuff that's more out of the box with shopify or big commerce so it it runs a little slower for us to try and make these changes but we've noticed that there's a lot of improvement that we can do especially in search we need better connections to our remarketing software you know sms and email and probably need to replace that as well too so it's our big focus right now is definitely just getting the site more oriented toward a find what you need and then eventually move to checkout than it is now where our search doesn't work all that well. You're having to browse through giant categories of a bunch of different items, try and sort through what's in stock, what's not in stock. And so it's it's not, not anywhere near as intuitive as we'd like it to be. So our big focus right now is really on improving that.
0: Yeah. And is that linked to
1: the fact that you've got brick and mortar stores? That's a large part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we want to make sure that you know, those customers know exactly what they want when they go into the store. So it helps our associates on on the floor, makes them a little bit it's a little bit easier for them to find that product for that customer, find recommendations, all that good stuff. When the customer's already engaged on the website, then they've moved into our remarketing funnels. And so they're getting all of that re-engagement material that's helping them narrow their search down and keeping us top of mind, all that kind of stuff. It's, yeah, it's really focused on if you're not going to check out online, then we want you in the store.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You meant, mentioned search, actually. Search is something I've been looking at a lot recently. Pretty much every client who you know I, I dive into the search data for, they're getting three, four times the conversion rate, for people who use search compared to people who don't mm-hmm. even even if they've got nothing special about the search people who use a search function are much more likely to convert so yeah how how do you see search working for you guys do you see it as is, is it do you think it's like an essential thing that is that most yes. of people want to use or is it a just another function on the website to help a group of people
1: Absolutely essential, especially in this space. We have so many products and so many choices, and customers are so specific with what they want. You know, we're we're getting down to to granular search levels. Like I'm looking for a mid century wood legged gray polyester sofa. You know, they're they're very specific with the type of item they're trying to find. It's not something as simple as just sofa or blue sofa. Yeah. The because we use Swift type right now and they have some pretty basic analytics that'll give us an idea of what customers are searching for. And we're noticing, especially over time this year that those customer searches are getting more and more specific. And so the, uh, the Swift type search algorithm doesn't return results anywhere near as well as we would like it to. It's very much a just looking for a word and then spitting it out. There's no AI to it to, you know, figure out what customers are looking at and make sure that that's showing up on top. We don't have the ability to adjust what shows in those search results or anything. It's just, it's very cut and dry out of the box. And then the search results page doesn't give you any information other than just the name of the item and a picture. So we have been spending the last couple of months reviewing a few different search options. And I think we finally settled on Algolia. They seem to kind of fit the bill the best and they're within the budget we're looking to spend. Everybody else was about ten times what Algolia wants, so we're gonna give them a shot, see how it goes, and eventually, if we need to upgrade later on down the road, we'll be able to do that too. But yeah, that's that's been kind of the the main project for the last few weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's it's good to take take a step in the right direction, kind of optimize that, make sure you're obviously going in the in the right direction with search, and then obviously assuming it's not too disruptive, just if you need to switch out to a one one of those bigger platforms. Or say well, right. bigger, more expensive. Um, yeah, I, ass- I assume they're bigger and, and have more functionality in things due to the price points. But yeah, I've I had one one shoe retailer actually, and initially, as a retailer, they're obviously selling loads of other brands, and they would have thousands and thousands of search queries that were misspelling brands and therefore mm-hmm. showing no results. And so we we fixed that. And then And it'd be small things like in the official brand name, there'd be a full stop right in the middle, right? So and people weren't putting that in because you don't really feel like you've got to, or you don't feel like you should have to. So just making some tweaks there really worked. And then it was just looking for common, really bad misspellings that you you couldn't, you couldn't just guess at. Uh, And then yeah, we we looked, we went down the route of. You know if if someone searches for a brand that just isn't on the website like they, they don't sell then what should we display like let's mm-hmm. we, we never want to display no results really unless someone just kind of mashes the keyboard and you've got no idea what they want there should yeah. always be a you know unfortunately we don't have this brand in but here's something similar that you might like yeah. and that that will start to work really well with them i think we ended up getting the the conversion rate to about six, six and a half times that of, of non searches Because That's they were wild. just, it is insane, but they're just so yeah, they just quickly, couldn't find what quickly they wanted, and easily yeah. get to find what they want. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you, and there were a few other issues with the website that I kept battling with just mainly down to the fact that it was, if you landed on the homepage, it was actually quite difficult to get to a kind of all shoes page. And just start browsing and filtering like that. You had to go through a a couple of steps to get there. So that, that's probably why search was so good because Mm -hmm. they could just, if they use the search function, they just find what they want and the search would show up. It would almost like create a collections page for you just on there on the screen on top of whatever else was there. You could filter, you could sort. You had some kind of quick filter options and things as well. So just it worked, it just works so well.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's really similar to the the results page we're planning on using with Algolia. Yeah, it's like an overlay. It's not actually a, a page that's built into the site. So we've got a lot more control over, and you know, with that with that not commerce e-commerce store system that we're working with, we're really limited in the way that we're able to modify code to change an actual template for a, an existing page like a like a search page or something like that. So being able to use an overlay like that for us is huge because it lets us change it through algolia rather than having to go through the site code.
0: yeah you you change it through the service provider but as far as the customer is concerned it's it's your website it's the same thing it it looks it looks pretty much like the same page which is great so i mean you so you mentioned you obviously spoke to a few search platforms how did that process go like how how did you go about i guess identifying several providers that you even wanted to talk to and then narrowing it down like what were the criteria what were there any red flags with search It's probably not an issue, but with other service like software providers, there's the issue of overlap right and making mm-hmm. sure that you know you're not buying the same features on two or even three different platforms so yeah what's what sort of process do you go through
1: so this is actually a better question for our search for replacing our email provider, MailChimp. Okay. Because yes. right now we we kind of have everything cobbled together for our, you know, abandoned cart and abandoned browser marketing, SMS, email, all of that stuff. We're running through multiple different platforms. And so rather than worrying so much about overlap, we want to just bring everything all under the same umbrella. Um, and so we've been looking at a few different providers, you know, Clavio. And omnisend were probably top of the list for both of those because they they include everything. And they have AI algorithms that are able to properly target emails to customers, dynamically create emails with products that they looked at, products recommended, all that good stuff. And so our our main focus is we wanted something that makes it a seamless experience from the customer's perspective between, all of these different services and so you know we want to be able to make sure the customers are reminded you know sms open rates and conversion rates are so much higher than email and so it's really important that we have sms covered but we want that to coincide with our with our email market too and so we were really prioritizing finding something that can do both of those and uh, then it came down to cost and the number of sends and I was shocked to find out how low the number of sends are with Klaviyo versus how much you're paying for it, which I'm sure probably works for a traditional e-commerce business where all you really care about is remarketing. You're never sending out large email blasts to your entire subscriber list. But for us with our brick and mortar business, and especially running two different brands between Wichita Furniture and Ashley, we, when we have large sales like the one that's going on right now for black friday we're sending emails to our entire customer list like hey we're doing a thousand dollars in free furniture for one person today make it in because we want to make sure that we're hammering that home we're not as much worried about remarketing things that customers are already looking at we're wanting to make sure that people are aware of that promotion and that they're reminded of it every single day until they make it buy. So, those those send limits with Clavio were huge for us, and we're we're leaning toward OmniSend now, but haven't totally locked that down because it just their their number of SMS sends and email sends are dramatically higher, and and I think they're just going to be a better fit.
0: Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I mean we're coming up to that period of the year where everyone, well, I think a lot of brands kind of throw the rule book out the window and just start hitting the list hard all right black yeah. friday cyber monday christmas yeah I, I i think there are a lot of brands out there that they spend the rest of the year trying to do things properly segment their lists uh personalize use that use their data as much as possible and then this promotional season hits and it's just let's get an email a day out it's to, all out to everyone yeah um obviously there are brands that are i not doing that are being a bit being a bit smarter about it but they're still going to be Ramping up that send send volume quite a bit. I mean, I, I don't have much experience with OmniSend, so I can't really compare them. But my experience with Clavio, it's it's just great. It just it yeah. does everything you need it to do. It does it well. It's easy to use, and that's what you want for the, from a platform. It's if, we fact, were, such yeah, a crucial thing, isn't it? It's,
1: yeah, and I'll say they, they, you know, they checked every single one of our boxes. If and if we if we weren't worried about this this massive send need, they probably would have been who we went with because they, the sales team over there is great. They've worked with us all the way through everything to make sure that everything's going to work, working with their engineering teams to make sure we can connect on the back end with our ERP and all that good stuff. And it was, you know, they're, they're, they're fantastic. And they would have been an excellent choice. It was just, it all ended up coming down to value for the money and OmniSend just had them beat there. So choice, choice had to go that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you if OmniSend does pretty much the same thing as well, then if there is a significant cost difference, then you, you're going to go with that, aren't you? Especially, as, you know, OmniSend's not an unknown platform. Yeah, as well, you know, that that might be something that would that could factor in. You know, if it was, if you asked around, like, has anyone heard of OmniSend, and you got no one saying yes, <laughs> you might think, well, okay, uh, you know, I, yeah, this, they're a this lot does cheaper. But. Too good to be
1: true.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um. But no, they're, they're they're well known So yeah, well, hopefully that works
1: out. Yeah, yeah. For we you. But, once we uh, once we cross that bridge, yeah,
0: yeah. But yeah, it's just a, a point I was going to make about like the usability of the platform is key, as well, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like when you think about it, most of these platforms do the same thing, right? They allow you to send marketing automation emails. They allow you to send campaigns. They allow you to segment to personalize. So then it kind of comes down to: is the actual platform easy to use? Or is it going to be a nightmare to set everything up? I I've yeah. used, I actually used Bronto uh, a couple of years ago. Have you heard of Bronto? Okay.
1: I have it now.
0: So I, I believe it must have been a, I think it was independent for quite a while. And then it got bought by Oracle, who have okay. now, clo- I think, closed it. I don't, I don't know if they've moved people onto a new product, a new platform or something, but I'm pretty sure Oracle is done. But the uh, it, it did feel like they hadn't updated that, that dashboard the 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 platform for like a decade i mean it Mm -hmm. was it was old yeah it was yeah it was a problem and that's it's the same thing people need from a website as well isn't it it's they need to be able to get what they want from it but it's got to be easy to do that as well
1: yeah because the thing we have to keep in mind you know in this space is we're spending all day every day in our websites and so We know all the little nuances of trying to find specific products and how to get yourself to check out and get through it and what you need to click to especially in our situation because we have multiple delivery options and pickup options and all that kind of stuff too. So it's not just put in your address, hit done. You know, we're we're well acquainted with that and we need to take ourselves out of our own mindset and our own interpretation of the website for a minute and just, okay, what does this look like if this is your first time landing on the site? And where are you going to land and how are you going to get to where we need you to go? And if there are too many steps, there it's too complicated. It's too slow. Load times are awful. All that stuff. Then customers are just going to abandon. They're done. They're not going to deal with it. And so we we've really been trying to get into that customer flow mindset to to really understand how we want to rebuild the site once we get to that point. And yeah, and these these tools, especially search, are going to be a huge part of that.
0: Yeah, it was, it's customer flow, and, and it's the information on the website. You know, the number mm-hmm. of times I, I always use the example of it's normally free free returns, assuming the the brand offers it. You know, I, I will look over a website, and then I'll ask them, "Well, do you do you offer free returns?" And they'll say, "Yeah, it's the information's there on the page. It's in this section." And I'm like, "Well, if if I'm having a scan of your website for like professional purposes, and I can't find it." then what chance has a customer got who's given that page a quick scan to see if they yeah. can, if that information's available? It's like what you say, right? The, these, the people I speak to, like prospects, are so adamant that that messaging is on the website and it's clear because they know where it is, because they've they probably had a discussion at some point as to where that should go. And so mm-hmm. they, they know that information's available and obviously they know they have the policy in place. But if people can't see it, if, if your actual users can't find it, then might as well not be. It's there, not on the website. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. You mentioned live chat at the start. How, how, how kind of hands on is the e-commerce experience with your customers? So I know you said live chat dropped off quite a lot, but do you find that? I suppose you've got the in-store as well, but yeah, did you find that you get a lot of inquiries and those and conversion rates for people who who inquire are-
1: conversion rates for people who inquire are definitely higher, not as high as they were a few months ago. we've We've seen that drop off because I think a lot of customers now are you know just making that move into the store. We have some limitations on the site that prevent us from completing purchases for some customers, too. like we're we basically have to get people on the phone if we want to convert them because we have to manually enter the order. They're not able to check out, you know, with financing, if they're wanting to add protection plans, that kind of stuff, we're not able to offer those on the site quite yet. Well, financing to a limited extent, but a lot of it, we end up either having to refer them to the store or do it over the phone. But the customers that we're able to get information from, they may not convert that day, but we are, we can assume that we're more likely to convert them because we're able to engage them personally. And in, in the furniture space, it, it kind of goes back and forth. I think, you know, a lot of customers that are going to be browsing online are browsing online because they don't want to go into the store and deal with one of the salesmen, And it's understandable because, you know, furniture salesmen are on commission and they're aggressive. And so you're, you're talking to a guy that Wants to get you something. And he wants to get you that day, and so you're going to hop on the website and browse around without having to worry about being harassed. And that includes in the live chat too. So the customers that we have opening live chats, I think, are the ones that are most apt to buy because they want to find what they're looking for. So that may be skewing that conversion rate perception a little bit too.
0: Yeah, it's not. But, yeah, li- live chat isn't necessarily improving conversion.
1: Yeah. It's just it, the people it, 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 that are pro- opening a live chat are more likely to convert.
0: Yeah. Them, it, 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 it probably is having a bit of an impact because they've probably got a question that needs answering. And right. Same Before for search. Buy, yeah. The people mm-hmm. who are searching have got a specific thing in mind that they want to buy. You don't, you don't browse using the search function. Yes. Yeah. You using search, you have to know what you want. So yeah, it, it is something to bear in mind. You know, when, I mean, I, I talk about the, the improvement in search conversion as well, but, you know, when people say people use search convert three and a half times more than people who don't, it's not as simple as just making sure everyone uses the search function because there's still, mm-hmm. there's still loads of people who aren't ready to buy. And so it's, it's not going to work for.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's why our, you know, our, our live chat service works great, but we're at least personally, I'm thinking we, we start shifting away from that and finding a way to I, yeah really we just we want customers finding what they need as quickly as they can get it and yeah. we want it to be attractive enough that they end up making it through the card and checking out
0: yeah almost it's like a kind of digital concierge service something that's gonna yeah. you know it's either do you know what you want cool just type it in and we'll we'll show you it to, it to you do you have an idea of what you want but you don't know what it is exactly answer these, you know, it's a product wizard basically. Answer a few questions mm-hmm. and, and we'll
1: put some options in front of you. Yeah, yeah. All I was going to say there is the the live chat was kind of the lifeblood of our business, especially when, when COVID was gone. And so it's been a it's been a, a, a big change for the company as a whole for us to start trying to move away from that being our primary focus. So it's going to be interesting to see where we go from here.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I was I was just going to say the other week I was looking for mattresses. No, I wasn't in a high intent Purchase my, let's say. I can't remember why it came up. I think it was when there's a big, a big mattress company went out of business a week or so ago. And so it just got me thinking, let's, let's have a browse. Let's have a look at why these were apparently so special and their competitors. And I, I looked at some of their competitors and they're really good because they said, you know, here are the three products mm-hmm. or, you know, based, based on what you've told us, here are three options for you. Cool. And then I landed on another website. And it was like twelve pages each with about thirty options on it, just mattresses. Yeah, it's like how how am I possibly supposed to make a decision on this? You know, I suppose it's a bit easier with sofa because you've got an idea of what style you want. You know, whether you want it to be a corner sofa, that sort of thing. You've probably got an idea of material and color. When it comes to a, a mattress, you've got all these different options for springs and memory foam and. And all this sort of thing and if it's not explained you just you can't get anywhere with it
1: yeah that's one of the problems that we've identified that we need to fix on our website too because the direct integration with our web store with our erp is that the main benefit is that we're able to push product data directly from the erp to the site and so it is nice because we aren't having to go in and manually create each of these products and then try and Go back and then link them to the ERP so that they can, you know, manage inventory and orders and all that kind of stuff. But the problem is our ERP doesn't support variations on products, and so it's pushing every variation as an individual product listing. Oh, yeah. So you've got, you know, say your your purple mattresses. We have it shows as a separate product for each of those sizes. So twin, full, queen, king, all of those are separate. They're not just sitting on one page, and that you know takes your two pages of mattresses up to 30 pages because then you're having to browse through all those different sizes. Yeah. Actually that's a bad example. I think I think our purples are actually very I think <laughs> the variations are correct on those. <laughs> well, um, but there are I, other other mattresses that
0: we have that issue with. I, so, I know a web on our website with, I, I'm assuming they had a similar problem and that this wasn't deliberate. I was looking for t-shirts. And it had all these different options, and on on the listing page, every option also had multiple color options below it. Mm-hmm. So, but it turned out that all these options were actually the same T-shirt. They were literally just the color variant. But yeah. it means I'm looking at this product listing page, thinking, "What is the difference between these T-shirts?" And they opened both tabs up and I'm looking at the names. I'm like, right, the name's exactly the same. Looking at description, okay. And then it's like, okay, these are actually the same t-shirts. But it just felt like I'd wasted time. Mm -hmm. Because instead of just putting one option there and and making it clear they were colours, which they had actually done, they had every single colour option on that page, which, yeah, just turned it into a unnecessarily long product page, considering that they also did it for the V-neck t-shirts and the long (laughs) sleeve t-shirts. And... Yeah, so yeah. it just suddenly overwhelms the customer for for no reason at all, really.
1: Yeah, well, and then you're limiting what the customer is able to see too, because you know the most customers barely make it past the first page, and so if your entire page is filled with the same item over and over and over again, then they're not seeing any other options either. And so that yeah, is even more reason for them to just move along, not done or not doing it, gonna kind of try and find something else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: So actually, there was a point on live chat I wanted to make as well. I I remember I spoke to someone, I think it was late last year, and what they'd figured out how to do was if you got on live, they they really pushed live chat because they figured out that it really did improve their conversion rate. They'd get people in live chat, answer all their questions, use it as like a, a product wizard concierge service. And then what they were able to do was provide a link to that person, which would just take them straight to checkout, to the actual checkout page with what they had agreed was the right products for them on that live chat. So it wasn't, yeah, you know, it wasn't just a product page link or something. It was, it was basically, I've put your cart together for you. Here's the link. That's just going to take you straight to checkout. You can go and buy it. That's was I thought it was fantastic.
1: Yeah. That's something we need to look at too. I know one of the, one of the limitations I've identified that we have right now is that we're not able to view what a customer has in their cart and we're not able to build carts for customers. And so that may be a new tool that we need to look into to find out if that's something we could integrate into the site, because that could be very, very useful because just in live chat or dealing with customers over the phone, um, people are are always saying, well, can't you see what's in my cart? I've got a question about this and we just have no idea. And then it's like, oh, well, I don't know. I can't see what you're doing and I can't, all I have to do is just, all I can do is just send you this product link. We're not able to apply discounts for them or anything like that. It's like, it's all on the customer's end. And I think it can, they can get a little overwhelming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if you are going down that route of quite high touch point, you know, putting that purchase together for them, it is good to be able to really customize things to, to add a little discount, you know, just to kind of nudge people over line. Cause you, you add that personal touch to it as well. You know, they're not just mm-hmm. getting a discount. It's a, Oh, I've I've just stuck a a little five percent discount on here for you. You know, make sure you like make sure you buy through this link to get it or yeah. something. Right. Just just to let almost let that hint that if they don't buy it now through this link, they're going to miss out on that discount as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of the, the same mentality. Obviously, we're not trying to we don't want all of our conversions to to be because a customer's receiving a discount. I mean, obviously no. we want we want customers buying because they want the product. But yeah, same kind of mentality that you have with, you know, abandoned checkout emails. Come back in the next 24 hours, save 10% on your order, give us your email address for five percent off, that kind of stuff. We we've done that with the live chat too. And it's kind of a way of gauging whether or not it would make customers more likely to open live chats so that we could. You know, begin that conversation with them, actually run them through that checkout process, and then hopefully, eventually, be able to get them to convert. You know, kind of like we mentioned, live chatting does increase conversion. But the all we were running into is if we if we offered something like open a chat to get a discount or something, or chat with us for a discount or something like that, customers would just open the chat, say, "Give me the discount," take the discount, and then close the chat. So yeah. we, yeah, it was like, well, this isn't really worth it. We're just giving away money to people that we're probably going to buy anyway. That's why they're asking for the discount. So. So we've moved more back to the the general, um, hey, do you need any help? Click here to open a chat or something like that. And so it gives us the opportunity if a customer really is on the hook and is weighing, actually checking out or not, then we can offer those discounts. But it's it, it seems like it's working better for us than just proactively offering to give it away to everybody that hops on the site.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. We actually did something similar when I worked in gambling here when, when GDPR hit. because for for some I think it was some of the brands we had, we basically had to opt them out of everything because the the opt-in policy that we had, we didn't feel held up in against GDPR. And for a couple of brands it was okay. But it what we did was we we had a little pop-up appear which just said you know opt into email opt into sms opt into calls and direct mail and for each one you opt into you get a small bonus to use on the website and it was and it worked really really well because what we found what we well what we found was original like the the sign up rates was i think we got about 60% of people opted into email on sign up and then it plummeted and it was you know 5 10% would do sms Almost no one opted into call, yeah. and probably not direct mail as well. So, but when we started to incentivize it, we we just picked that up again and got some quite good rates from it. We were allowed to do it because the it was considered an appropriate incentive in order to do it. I, th- I think it was, you know, if if we, I think we were giving about five free spins on a slot machine per opt in. Okay. And it, you know, we were told if if we even twenty per opt in would be considered a little bit too aggressive. I think. Yeah. But it was really, it was a really good way to get opt ins. And, you know, it's something that maybe some brands want to consider as well. Because, with, uh, again, I don't know about Omnisend, maybe they do do this, but with Clavio, you can set a pop up up based on whether they have a profile already and I think what they're opted into. Mm-hmm. So if they haven't got a profile, you'd say, cool, opt into email and SMS, we'll give you 10% off. If they're only opted into email already, and you can say, cool, opt into SMS and we'll give you this bonus or discount.
1: And Omni said we were really only concerned with replacing the functionality of CarStack, which is what we're using for that opt-in, You know, just kind of all that, that remarketing stuff. But it doesn't get as granular as being able to run it against an existing account and check for what customers are opted into. So I could see there being a lot of benefit in that because it really helps you fill that fill and pad that list out because we have right now, all it is is just it's like an, an abandon the page pop-up that shows up and it's just, Hey, before you go, enter your email address, save 5% on your next order. But the customer may have already put their email address in our system. We might already have that in our list or in our user groups on the website and all that good stuff. So that is actually good insight. I'm going to look into that a little bit more.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah. so the the discount worked for gambling because it's it's just a bonus to use on on our slot machines right so it's it's almost like a no-brainer right just opt in go use the free spins and things i think for you and and just generally for e-commerce i think it's still worth the you know give us your email address and and maybe even ask another question like what sort, what style of sofa are you looking for and yeah. we'll we'll send you some recommendations so then at least they don't feel like they're adding themselves to a marketing list and they're going to get bombarded just to get that 5% off. They feel as though, you know, they've abandoned the website because they can't make a purchase. But if they give you their email address or or their phone number, you might provide some suggestions. You know, the the phone number side, you could even try it as a, like a concierge service, right? Put your phone number in and will our SMS concierge service will help you find what you're looking for.
1: Yeah. And that, that actually fits perfectly with our, with our existing business model and our customer flow, because in the stores, that's, that's basically what we'll do after a customer leaves. We'll, we'll text them, you know, a digital business card and then continue engaging in that conversation after the customer leaves. Like, Hey, have we had some time to think it over. Is there anything else you want to see? I can send you some pictures, run through pricing, all that kind of stuff. And so if we can start that same type of engagement online, I think that's a really, really good idea. Definitely to yeah,
0: look cool into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glad you like it.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've that opt-in opt-in's worked really well and I've played around with the, the kind of concierge thing, but only for abandoned carts. I've not done it, I've not tried it for just exit intent or you know, non non-purchases or just sign-ups. It's always been you've left this in your bag or in your cart, kind of w- what can we do to make you purchase sort of
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which you are running right now too. And I tried um, like I would actually send direct emails to customers who abandoned carts from my my own corporate email address a personalized thing saying hey notice you were looking at x y item do you have any questions about it i'd be happy to talk to you about availability pricing all that kind of stuff but the response rate on that was minimal and the amount of time it was taking me to write those emails it just wasn't worth it and so finding a way to automate that um with Klaviyo or OmniSend, if they support it could be really, really nice. Because if it, if we're sending more personalized emails like that, instead of just, Hey, here's a snapshot of your cart, enter code, blah, 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 checkout," then getting that personal touch is going to be a little bit better. And it's going to have a higher likelihood of getting customers to come back and talk to us again.
0: So uh, I'm pretty sure you'd be able to do it as a plain text email through, through Klaviyo I'm, I'm sure. I don't again don't know how long sent. sent uh, would have thought yeah. you can I suppose it depends on what information gets pulled through by the abandoned cart kind of merge tag you know mm-hmm. if you can just pull through the product name great just pull through yeah. the product name and then you can just fit it in and say oh i noticed you were looking at this and then you've just got to create a generic enough template for the email that sounds personalized and sounds like you're asking them to help with specifics for that product without the question being so specific that it doesn't apply to other products.
1: Right. For sure. Yeah. We can't get into the specific product type. Like I'd be happy to talk to you about the, the firmness of a mattress or something like that. It'd have to just be very general. Yeah. but yeah, There's there's still a lot of language you can use to do that. Yeah.
0: It's enough to say, Oh, I noticed you were looking at this. Did you have any questions about it? Um, Mm -hmm. Just hit reply and get, and you'll come straight back to me something yeah. like that, but it doesn't have to be a longer email as long as people feel like it's, it is that personal touch. And then obviously if you've got someone who is responding, you know, afterwards to to help out, that's, that's what's going to make it work really. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, just before we finish, is there anyone in the kind of e-commerce marketing space you'd want to sit down for lunch with?
1: I need to figure out who runs the e-commerce marketing for Nebraska Furniture Mart. I mean, those are, those are the biggest guys in the U S they, they kill it and have for years and it'd be great to pick the brains of whoever is running that. I have no idea. I'm sure I could probably look into it, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be fantastic to, to learn a little bit more about what they're doing, because I think if there's anybody who understands furniture, it's those guys and obviously Ashley, but we have lunch with Ashley frequently. Yeah. So <laughs> getting a, getting an idea from a competitor would be awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's it's a really good answer. I, I like, I like those sort of, you do get some like, you know, Jeff Bezos and things, which are, <laughs> which is still great. I mean, it'd be an interesting conversation, but you know, you, I, I like hearing from people who say they want to speak to someone in, in a, like a really similar industry in a company that's that's doing really, really, really well. Yeah, um, So that's cool. And yeah. So just finally any marketing tools that you you'd love to use that you'd recommend? Well,
1: we have been really happy with the testing we've done in Algolia. If you're looking for a, low-cost search option. Their AI seems to work relatively well for what you pay for it. So I think that they would be a good fit. Obviously, we talked about Klaviyo and OmniSend. I know Klaviyo is fantastic. Everybody recommends it. and Tons and tons and tons of e-commerce companies use it. They're going to be a little bit on the pricier side, but they're worth it, especially for what I would anticipate the ROI on that would be. OmniSend also seems to be great. And third-party shipping plugins, freight club, ship station, that kind of stuff, just depending on how you're trying to get products to customers are awesome options to look into.
0: Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to check them out. Cool. If anyone wants to reach out and find out a bit more about about what you're up to, what's the best way of doing that? You
1: can either shoot me an email. My email address is my first name, name, Osby, at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on LinkedIn, Facebook. I think I'm on Instagram. Yeah, probably LinkedIn or email. (laughs) Easiest way to reach me.
0: Awesome. Cool. All right. Thank you so much, Kale.
1: Yeah, thanks, Will. Appreciate it.
0: Picking the right platform for your business is so important. It's easy to go in the flow and pick the popular options like Klaviyo for email, but it's worth exploring whether they really are the best options for your needs. When it comes to the website, customer experience is key, especially when some product knowledge is required. If you put 300 variations of a product in front of someone, of course they're going to struggle. And sometimes you face technical dif- limitations, which mean you, you can't not do this. So look at the alternative solutions available to you to to create a better experience. Can you keep people away from these massive listing pages and use a product wizard instead or get them to interact with customer service via live chat? There's always a way to make a better experience. If you'd like to hear more from Kale, you can find them on LinkedIn. Any other podcast questions, feedback or guest requests, please send them over to will at customerswhoclick.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Next up, I've got Shay Gerhardt joining me to talk about her earbuds brand, Butterflies, and the future of audio devices. But until then, keep those customers clicking.